Okay, it's time for Sidebar Josen. Hey y'all, what's down? This is Duffy. This is Bree. And we are Sidebar Josen. <laughs> All right, Jamaican. Yes. Sounds. Jamaican Jamaican air horn like. for the win. So yeah, today, like we said last week, we are going to be talking about mental health again. Um, that was part of why we started to do this podcast in the first place, and we've um definitely kind of not gone, done much of that. At yeah, all. we haven't stayed true to it. So in honor of Mental Health Awareness Month, we want to talk about different things about mental health, and therefore today we're going to talk about depression. For sure. So sit back relax get yourself snuggled under your nice weighted blanket um preferably inside a house that's um heavily air conditioned because if you do that outside um you might smother yourself so (laughs) it's kind of warm oh my god so we are about to get started let's get josen (laughs) y'all okay so how are you doing today duffy I am doing swell. Good, good. It's um, it's starting to feel a lot like summer. It's sizzling. It is. It's hot. Toasty. For yeah. y'all, we are recording in in cars, and we <laughs> so, had to leave the windows cracked to today. make sure. Yeah, <laughs> this, this you, we are giving you good sound, but in and we are suffering in silence. <laughs> exactly. So if you hear birds, or you hear people talking, or if you hear rain, I don't know, a car passing by. It's it's because we have the windows down today. Sound effects. That's what they are. Sound effects. We inserted them manually ourselves, and don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. Also, this is episode 30. We have made it to 30 episodes. That's nuts. I didn't think I didn't think about like what it would be like down the line once you pass like the first two episodes. Yeah. And so to think that we made it to 30 and that eventually we'll make it to 50 and 100 episodes and all that. That's wow. That's really cool, though. Go sidebar, Josen. Go sidebar, Josen. Yay. I said last time we'd celebrate with some tea or something, and I have some hot jasmine, some green jasmine tea. You want to drink hot jasmine tea in this weather? Like... Like I said in the intro, in a very heavily air-conditioned house, I'll I'll be drinking my tea. Because, like, I can't not drink the tea. I can't drink not drink the tea. But, um, yeah, no, congratulations to us for making it to 30 episodes. And um, why don't we go ahead and get into our topic for today. Which is? Depression. Mm-hmm. And so I think that it's important, first and foremost, to kind of talk about the general information regarding depression so as to lay a good foundation for other parts of our conversation. Because um, I feel that there are still a lot of misconceptions about what depression is and what it is not. And kind of knowing a little bit more about it will help drive a more informed conversation. Um, and, and that particularly for our listeners who, um, could be experiencing depression themselves and don't know how to talk to someone about it. Or if you just want to have a conversation with someone, you know, who's experiencing this and you don't know how to approach it, you know, like, I think that this will be helpful. Yeah. 
So why don't we start first and foremost with clarifying, I think, which is a really important part, um, is that depression is is more than sadness. Definitely. Sadness is... Something that we all experience. Yes. It's, it's something that's more transient. Mm-hmm. It's a very natural emotion. It's um, something that can... You, you can experience with any given situation, um, big or small. It's, it's totally normal to experience sadness at different levels. Um, and so, like, you can be sad that you dropped your ice cream cone. You can be sad that um, you lost a loved one. You know, like, there's yeah. different intensities. It's, there's levels. It's levels. Mm-hmm. And so... Where we start to tread into depression territory is when that sadness is um, going into a more uh, pervasive, more intense kind of feeling. And it's coupled with, or not coupled with, but it's accompanied by other symptoms. Right. What are some of those? So some of the other symptoms that you would experience with depression are, uh, along with intense and persistent sadness and low mood is that you would also can experience sleep changes whether it's hypersomnia or insomnia so too much sleep or or too little sleep yes so um that's one you can also experience changes in your diet so that can mean not eating enough or overeating um, you can also experience anhedonia, which is loss of interest in doing things that you normally enjoy. Right. So like hanging out with friends, doing some of the activities that you like to do for fun. Even if you like going to work and it's just kind of difficult to get through the day and it's a job you enjoy. Um, those are all, those are some signs. Those are definitely some signs. It's, um, also you can experience, um... Why is it slipping my mind right? What are you thinking of? It's right there on the tip of my brain. Because of basically what, like, some of the symptoms I'm describing are a part of this uh, criteria for what we would call major depressive disorder, MDD. And so you have to have experience. Oh, another key part of this is, like, this persistent sadness is lasting um, for more than two weeks or so. So, like, when we experience something sad um not specific like say like take grieving out of the equation because you can yes, grieve up a, to like a year and two years yeah, like that's some a change. normal process yes um but say like you're sad about um something happening at school between you and a friend you could be sad about it, but if it stops kind of like at that sadness and it starts to wane naturally over time, like you yeah. were really sad in that moment, but it starts to, you know, give way after a while, that's that's a normal experience. But like say the situation itself is kind of past mm-hmm. um, and you're still experiencing that, that sadness, it's like past now like two, three weeks, a month, two mm-hmm. months, and that feeling has not left you and you're starting to experience some of the other things that we've mentioned... Mm-hmm. that can you know we can start looking into okay it's, this might be depression mm-hmm. and so um well where, where was i i was trying to think of what that other symptom was and so we have insomnia mm-hmm. we have appetite mm-hmm. we have low mood mm-hmm um, fatigue. We have fatigue, um, which can, um... Which is kind of like low mood, but it's physical. It's like low energy. Like with the sleep, yeah. So low energy, um, there's, um, like, what is this, like an agitation of, um, 
Um, agitated movement. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Psychomotor agitation. Psychomotor agitation. That's there's the one another I was word thinking. for it. <laughs> and I know, and I know you're trying to get it. Yeah, but these are all symptoms that you can experience. And sorry for stumbling over our words and things, or like literally trying to remember word by word the DSM criteria. But um, it's important to pay attention to your experiences when um you know when these things are happening because they these are the prompts that will tell you like something something is off something is wrong um i should probably reach out to someone um additionally we have low you know difficulty concentrating that okay and that was (laughs) That was the one? That was the one, too. I was like, there's two that's stuck. All right, so, yeah, no, difficulty concentrating, which I I don't know why that slipped my mind because I want to talk about how in my own experience, that's one of the symptoms that I was experiencing. But, yes, no, difficulty concentrating is one. And so um, you have to meet a certain amount of these, like, uh, criteria, I think five total in order to um, meet at least a symptom list to look into having, like, MDD. Yeah. But, um, and also the over two weeks. But we're not specifically talking about, like, how to get diagnosed right now. We're just talking about depression in general. Because um, you can experience some levels of depression and maybe not meet full criteria for a diagnosis, which yeah. is really important for people, I think, to understand is that that does not minimize your experience if you are not at a clinical level of depression. You can still experience depression. It's still important to go and seek out help and, and um, talk to someone about it. And um, for those of you who have experienced clinical levels of depression, you know, like it's, it's, uh, I know that that's like a really intense experience to have and some people don't understand it and kind of minimize it into thinking that you're just sad and you need to get over it. So yeah, it's a lot of nuances with depression, but hopefully that kind of general explanation of what depression is was helpful. Um, because I think what happens, unfortunately, is that a lot of people, um, and yeah, I mean, whether you're at clinical levels or not, I think if if it's if you're trying to explain what you're feeling to someone who has not experienced depression before or is not aware of the language around it or how do you define it it can just come off as you know them thinking that you're just the normal sadness like right. this is just sadness yeah and um and th- it may even seem like that yeah. to you like because our language is not a lot of times these clinical terms that we use anhedonia or even right. insomnia even though we all know that kind of most of us know that term mm-hmm. we don't always use that those kinds of terms mm-hmm. so like if you just think to yourself wow i'm tired all the time mm-hmm. or wow i'm like I'm eating too much, I'm gaining a lot of weight, or, like, I just, I'm not hungry. Like, I don't know why I'm just not hungry. Or, um, I just can't seem to keep my mind on my work. Like, I don't know what's up with me. Or, like, you're out with friends and everybody's laughing, having a great time, and you're like, I'm just not even feeling it. I'm ready to go home, and I don't even know why. Or I just want to cry, like, and I have no reason for that. Like, these are some of the thoughts that might go through your mind that might help you to 
figure out whether you're experiencing depression or not. And another key, um, no, and I think I was holding off on this one too, but um, I'll just mention it as well. It's like symptom is um, suicidal ideation. Yes, is, I to, oh, oh, that's a big one. That's Huge. a really big one. And so you don't necessarily have to experience suicidal ideation in order to um, meet Qualify, criteria, yeah. like to be depressed. But that is one of the symptoms that one could experience if they are experiencing depression is thoughts of wanting to harm oneself yeah um it doesn't always look like you know having a clear-cut plan but Mm -hmm. you do have thoughts about death and Mm -hmm. not being here anymore and there's different levels to that as well yeah it could be as simple as you know if god took me off this earth then you know that'll be fine Mm -hmm. like an okayness with not living anymore or just thoughts like you know, life's not really worth it. Mm-hmm. And so one of, uh, I keep saying one of, but another important thing to look at is that there is no one um, kind of path to depression. True. There isn't really like a clear cut answer to what causes Depression, like we know that there can be environmental factors. We know that there can be genetic dispositions for developing depression. We know that there's um, aspects of our brain chemistry that can lead to and maintain depressive symptoms. And um, that would then lead to you possibly having to look into psychopharmacological uh, interventions or taking medication. But um, what causes depression... It varies from person to person. Great. And I want to, like, emphasize that, like, really, really big, like, a really big emphasis on that. Because um, thinking about my own experience with depression, having it centered around something that's, like, a common occurrence, a breakup, an ending of a, of a relationship, and all those sorts of things. Um, you know, like, a lot of people will think, oh, well, you know... That's something that happens to everybody. You should be able to go on and get over that. But that was um, what prompted me to go into my depressive um, episode, basically. And so it can be anything for anybody that, you know, like it doesn't have to be something necessarily tragic or you don't have to seek out anyone's validation to say that your reason for being depressed is, a, you know, one that warrants the kind of, you like, experience that you're having. Right, because, you know, we are individuals and what we place value on and what holds meaning for us is very different from person to person. Mm-hmm. And so especially, like, considering a relationship, if it's been, like, a long-standing relationship or just a relationship that you you know, really place value into and mm-hmm. time and effort into and you had hopes for and, and you look forward to blossoming to see that, you know, come to an end is mm-hmm. it, it can it's enough to be a trigger. Right. Right. And so what triggers you, what what sets you off onto that path of the having like, you know, an, a depressive episode, it just varies. And um, if there are people in your family who have experienced depression, specifically direct family members like mom or dad or a sibling, 
um, there can be, you know, there's evidence that having that genetic predisposition mm-hmm. um, can lead to a more likelihood of you developing depression yourself. Right. But that does not necessarily mean that you will experience depression in the same way that your family members It's more have. so uh, a vulnerability. Yes. So I think that we we kind of generally covered, um, you know, what depression is. Um, I think a good idea of what it isn't. And there's also, um, it's important to talk about too, that there's different kinds of depressive disorders. There is MDD. Um, there's dysthymia. Um, there's different ways, like there's a non-specified. So like if you don't meet one of the major depressive disorders, um, like the criteria, you can still get a diagnosis of, okay, so they meet some of the criteria, but um, we're, it's not sp- like all of the criteria for this one or that one, yeah. but we're acknowledging that this is something that's more like within a clinical range. Um, and so, you know, just moving forward with that. Yeah. And so I think with that in mind, let's talk about getting help. Okay. Um, do you want to mention some stats though, just in general about, um, just I, mental health in general? Yeah. So I'll, I'll, and I'll, I'll mention these too, because I think too, another thing, another thing that, um, maybe is, is important to keep putting, putting out there so that it normalizes the experience is that depression is extremely common. It is, it is extremely common. So, like, it's the leading cause of disability in the U.S. for anyone between the ages of 15 to 44 yeah. years old. And um, diagnoses like, uh, or the diagnosis of major depressive disorder affects up to 16.1 million people. That's a lot. That is, like, 6.7% of the population of um, individuals 18 years and older. So, that's important to know that you are not alone yeah. by a long shot. You probably know somebody who's either currently depressed or has experienced depression. Right. So I want like, I want to make, you know, sure that people know that they're not alone in this. Very good. So kind of like along those lines, like, of course, maybe we're not the ones experiencing depression. Maybe we're not the ones with the, with the symptoms. And so... Say, for example, if we're trying to figure out if a loved one is depressed, of course, we know, you know, just from this conversation that these are kind of like the symptoms that we're looking for. But we know just from clinically, people don't normally come into a room and kind of like spit out that kind of conversation unless they're they've had experience with mental health treatment. So, like, if I were your friend, like, what could I look for to say you know what I'm wondering if my friend is going through something mm-hmm. and they maybe I should I should ask them a couple of questions and and see what's going on like how would I try to figure out if they're depressed or not I would definitely just start looking for changes in people one of the things uh-huh. that I noticed and I was so I don't know that I guess I was kind of surprised because I thought that I was hiding it well but when mm-hmm. I was depressed people noticed Mm -hmm. because they know my personality and they noticed the shift and how things kind of just dropped down to almost like flat just I didn't I wasn't smiling as much I wasn't laughing as much so it was changing like your right emotions right 
And so, I mean, like, I have personality the... Personality. Personality-wise. So, like, that that's the low mood symptom kind of thing. Like, yeah. you can... It's, it's very visible. Like, you can see when somebody starts to behave in a different way. Or somebody, like, maybe if somebody just kind of, like, withdraws from being social. Yes. Possibly. For sure. For sure. And, I mean, like, I, I would look for those different... Like, those changes. Like, do you notice that your friend doesn't seem to enjoy some of the things that they used to enjoy do you notice that their eating patterns are different or like if you're a parent do you notice the sleeping patterns are different i think uh we didn't mention too that depression is not exclusive to adults children can also experience depression yeah take children baby's mental health and children sometimes (laughs) their depression can be irritability and anger yes so that's that's one of their major symptoms as well children since they are still developing that kind of language around their emotions and understanding what's happening internally Mm -hmm. a lot of times what you'll see is that children will externalize right so they can be experiencing depression but their depression looks like acting out in school yeah um just being like more irritable more angry mm-hmm. uh, very testy so um or you and sometimes you will see low mood in them as well like it's not like you don't see these other symptoms but it's um, important to note that sometimes the expression of this disorder does not look the same in adults and children. And um, we should be mindful of that when talking about depression with children, because I think a lot of people don't think that children can experience that because it's it's, an, it's a complex sort of thing. Yeah. But children still have emotions. Children still have experiences that could bring this out. Mm-hmm. So And they still are able to make meaning for yes. themselves. Yes. In their, in their way. Yes. So um but I would I was I would definitely say look for um those things, those kind of shifts in the people that, you know, like it's just something seems a little bit off. And I think it's it's um necessary to to approach the conversation carefully yeah because you don't want to assume but you also want to show empathy and care and so um be a good listener you can ask like hey um i wouldn't say what's wrong some people hate when you ask what's wrong because then it's like oh something is wrong with me right it doesn't have to be wrong. It's it's what what's happening to you is 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 or what you're experiencing is something that a lot of people go through. So I wouldn't my say favorite, it's like my a favorite wrong. is what's going on. I like that one. What's going on? Because what's going on could be great. Yeah. What's going on could be not so great. Mm-hmm. What's been going on can be not important. Exactly. So just being mindful of how you approach these conversations. Is and, and you ask, like, so, you know, what's happening? What's going on? Whatever um, language that you want to use. But try and avoid, I say, like, I think, like, what's wrong? Try, I would, I would avoid that one. Um, and, and let them tell you. Yeah. Let them tell you and, and listen. Because a lot of people will, you know, like, their natural instinct is when you hear somebody that you care about, that you love is... To fix it, yeah, like you feel them hurting, and you want to heal them. them Stop, real quick. (laughs) Like you want to put a quick band aid on that, but like, right? Like it's gonna be okay. It that's all well and good, but 
I, and I always speak from my experience because, like, um, I never thought that I would ever be depressed. So, like, to have come out on the other side of that, I think it, it is giving me a lot of insight that I did not previously have. And so um, I, I, I thought about it and I was like, I, I didn't want anybody to rush and pat me on the back and say it's it's going to be fine. Because I knew it was going to be fine. Like, I knew eventually in time... I was going to come out of this. I didn't know when, but I knew it was going to be fine. But I wanted somebody to just hear me and see that, you know, it's okay that right now I am not okay. And we're working on me getting to not being in this space. But don't rush me in a way where I feel like you're invalidating what's happening to me. Yeah. So, um, it's, you got, you gotta be, you know, like mindful of being a good listener can sometimes mean that much more than being the friend who rushes to be like, um, everything's going to be fine, Mm -hmm. you know? And some people do like those encouraging words. You just gotta be in tune with who you're talking to. That's so interesting. That reminds me of this episode on Real Housewives of Atlanta Mm -hmm. where, um, Nene was talking about how Greg was acting um, since he had became ill and how he just was so different and mean and how she felt like she didn't have anybody and she was talking to Cynthia and Cynthia was just like you're gonna be fine and then he, it literally upset her she was like no it's not mm-hmm. she was like I'm not I'm not okay right now and mm-hmm. like what you're saying is definitely not helping right and I know um I know that it's important to be there for your friend for your loved one, for your partner. It's also important to know when to suggest that they seek help from a professional. Right. Know when you're out of your depth. Because, um, again, like saying those encouraging words and things, that's really important. Some people really need that kind of support. And some people just need a shoulder to lean on. But it's also really key to, you know try and encourage people to seek out help from the resources of you know the people who are specifically trained to deal with these kinds of things and to help them on their path to wellness yeah um i i know um have you ever gone to a therapist have you ever experienced depression gone to a therapist um i've gone to a therapist Mm -hmm. i'm sorry to say that i did not continue um i think it was because of i i went to the wrong type okay yeah so i would go again definitely would Mm -hmm. um i probably would seek out somebody who does cbt because that is what probably works for me Mm -hmm. um cbt being cognitive behavioral therapy okay um so like for example i have experienced depression sometimes depression can like impact you physically and sometimes it can be very cognitive and sometimes it can be like a a good balance of both Mm -hmm. but sometimes like the physical or the cognitive one can outweigh the other in some people make a note too that something that we didn't mention before is that when the way we start looking at it getting into the clinical range is when it starts to affect your day-to-day yes um activities like just it it starts to put a wrench in the machine not able to do your work not able to go to work, not able to, like, get things done around the house, not bathing, 
like not getting rid of your hygiene, these sorts of things, mm-hmm. losing your daily routine, yes. all of that. Yes. So that's another way you can like look at it for yourself as well as for some a loved one or friend. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, let's see. Yeah, physical and then cognitive. So like for some people, it's like really hard to get out of the bed and that sort of thing. Like when I when I felt depressed, it's hard for me to get moving. Mm-hmm. And so it sometimes is coupled with like the cognitive with thoughts, mm-hmm. but it's usually the thoughts that trigger me not moving and then the thoughts like subside. Mm-hmm. So like thoughts around like something that I'm not doing well or, you know, something that's not working out the way that it should. Thoughts around something not turning out the way that it it should turn out or that I would like for it to turn out. It's like it's a lot of shoulda shoulda not really coulda wouldas for me, but it for people it can be a lot of shoulda coulda wouldas. It could be where people are thinking about the future and their difficulty with having a grasp on their future and and, and maintaining that or looking at the past and how things in the past didn't work out well for them mm-hmm. in any kind of way or how things in the past have impacted them so um yeah that would be my take so because of that like i would like to see a, a, a cognitive behavioral therapist okay yeah no i i i think we have an advantage or i know we have an advantage because of what we're studying we know what signs to look for we're kind of um i would say we are pretty in tune with ourselves and so we know what we need and how to seek it out um like i i think yeah i was going to get blood drawn i think i told this last time like i was going to get blood drawn um at this place and then i had to use the restroom and next to the restroom was the counselor's Mm -hmm. office and i walked into her office and because she had a door chime so she was around the and around the bend in the office or whatever but i walked into the waiting room and she came around she's like hi can i help you and i was like I think I need help. <laughs> that is hilarious. I think I need help. So I um, I know that for a lot of people, it's really hard to seek out help. Mm-hmm. Our society is still kind of wading through a lot of misconceptions and stigma around mental illness. And there's a lot of people who still feel shame and fear. In experiencing any kind of mental illness or anything that just feels off for them because you don't even have to be mentally ill per se to go into a therapist's office you just might need help you just just might need to talk to somebody i want to be better yeah that's like anything can bring you into a therapist's office like i want to be better right like with my time management with I don't know my relationships with my family. I want to be better. Right. As simple as that. As simple as that. So like with I know with when you're battling something as serious as depression and you're just trying to figure out how to make it through the day, it's like um how do I even who do I talk to and whatnot. So this this is um why like I know we we joke about when you like when you're studying psychology or when we become psychologists and stuff like we're like our family and friends resident mental health professional Girl, I was so a therapist 
session today with my uh nail tech. So they cut like people will come and seek us out for advice or which we're not in the business of giving advice. Like we we do a lot more guiding. And, and using evidence-based practices to help people get to wellness. But um, a lot of people will seek us out to ask, yo, can you help me out with this? And something that I have actually, you know, like I don't mind at all, you have my number, hit my line, is if you need help finding resources. Yes. If you need help finding a therapist, I will stop whatever I am doing at the time. Or if I can't stop, I will make the time to help you find somebody to to get you to where you need to go because access will stop people cold yes like like people will want to get help dead in their and tracks and like just be like looking online and then be seeing prices mm-hmm. sometimes and mm-hmm. be like i can't afford that right and it's not always expensive like some people have uh sliding scale fees like some people do pro bono qualif- pro bono yes you probably can qualify for medicaid like there's all sorts of uh, of stuff and programs and different types of mental health facilities and mm-hmm. resources. And so even looking in, because some people are not aware of what their insurance offers as far as mental health care. Mm-hmm. Like they don't know. Call them up. Who, what kind of coverage they have. Mm-hmm. Call and them on the phone. Call, call them up. Like, look into your plans and see what kind of services are afforded to you based on your insurance. And so, I I, I want to... Um, I know, like, we're, we're, we're kind of, like, encouraging people right now. But I also want to acknowledge that I know that that can be a very challenging thing to try and overcome. Is making that first step to seek out help. And not only therapy but also psychopharmacological intervention medication there is a lot of misinformation about what medications are are doing to you what they are not doing what what are they for um i i know it's scary and we're not even going to get into psychopharm here because this is this is not the purpose of this episode. But um, I, I mean, we could, but we Semi we are on the surface. Yeah, like certain like. I'm a proponent for... Oh, well, I mean, yes. Like, in that regard, I am definitely a proponent for medication when it is needed. I know um, for myself, I had a conversation because my therapist is an LPC, which is Licensed Professional Counselor. Mm -hmm. And so um, she is... She's at the doctoral level, but she does not have the... um, licensure or like that's not her lane is medication so i went and spoke to my primary care physician because you don't always have to go to a psychiatrist um there are other options there are medical psychologists and you can also have these conversations with your primary care physician about mental health issues because they can also um prescribe as well as refer you to a mental health professional who can then have a conversation with you about medication Uh but i have a very well-informed um pcp who had a very candid conversation with me about medication when i um asked to talk to him about it because i was um basically starting to come out of my depression but i was scared about what happens if something happens to tip me back into it right and i needed i felt like i needed additional help to stay on track Uh so we talked about it and we decided together that we're going to continue kind of more on the therapeutic route like you know continue doing therapy continue kind of like you know doing what you need to do in order to 
kind of come out of it on the without medication for now. But if you are still finding that at this period, like we set a date, like for the next meetup, if you are still here in this position right now or whatever, then let's talk SSRIs, which are selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors. Um, yeah. And so that's like your Zolofts and things like that. And so um, I was like, I'm so glad that I know that I can have this conversation because I know the, the power of medication. And I know it's not a, um, I know it's not a cure-all. Mm-hmm. It is just there to help with my symptoms. It's, yeah. It's just, so you can return to functioning. Right. It's like, I know that I'm going into practicum and I'm trying to do therapy with other people and I am like actively depressed right now and I need, I might need some extra help. But, um, we, we actually, I I got another, um, prescription to help uh, with my, with the anxiety that Mm -hmm. I was experiencing. Um, and so, um, that one, we, we talked about that and I got that and whatnot, but, um, yeah, because another really important thing to note, too, is that anxiety is is a often co-occurring um, diagnosis or experience that people have with, with depression. They are comorbid. It's, um, a lot of times you'll see people who are depressed with, di- with depression also being diagnosed with some form of an anxiety disorder. Yeah. Um, or having depression with anxious features. So it, it just, um, it depends on the person, but I knew that part of my, uh, depression too, was just being really anxious about other things surrounding the situation that was occurring. And it was making me restless. It was like, my nerves were just shot to shit a lot of times. And so I, um, you know, like I was like, let's, can we talk about this other route? And we did that. So for, for people who are unsure of who to talk to. I would say if you know somebody who is informed about how to get in touch with certain resources, mm-hmm. that would be um, someone to reach out to. If you just need to talk to a family member, um, I think a lot of people know what who which family member they can talk to. Yeah. So, um, who would be most well receiving? Like, I love my mama to death. I, I, I adore that lady with all of my heart. I'll go to war for her. Um, but I know sometimes I can't talk to her about certain things regarding my mental health because, um, like she's 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 more short with things. Like she'll be like, "No, you'll be fine," or "We'll like we'll do this, we'll do like it's like she's just when I need to just talk." My baby has the attention span of a flea so, <laughs> sometimes. So I know that maybe not um, my mom, but my best friend, all ears. Mm. Like, I, I know if I need to sit there. Like, I did this yesterday when I was having, like, a really anxious moment because of something that happened. I said, just stay on the phone with me. Please, just stay on the phone with me. And she did. So, you know, like, it's, you know, you know, you know your tribe. Very good. You know your tribe, so 
for if you just need to talk to your friends talk you know talk to your friends tell them about this episode let this be like an educational thing that hey you know what i'm going through depression i want to talk to you about it but first why don't you listen to this episode of sidebar Josen, so maybe you can get a little bit more perspective before we start talking <laughs> so you don't accidentally hurt my feelings and um talk to people that can help you with resources there are online resources of course um if you're based here in nola i would say look up nola mental health resources there is um our local government has put together a very large document that lists family services couple services individual substance abuse it's big like i was just looking through it's like 40 something pages so um and also it's okay to shop around for the right therapist for you i so happened upon the right therapist for me from jump she she worked for me but for you duff you said like it wasn't no really the best experience that first time around and i mean it, it wasn't like the worst experience it just didn't make me come back right and if you don't come back you won't hurt the therapist's feelings this is the part of the job right We've like I've had that experience. So don't you? worry about that. Yeah, like when people come in, you do the intake and you never see them again. Yeah, because you know not everybody <laughs> is a good match for everybody. Exactly. So that's okay. That's totally it's fine. All, it's all about finding your good match and what will help you get better. Mm-hmm. And that's also too with like with um, medication, with psychiatry and whatnot. If you feel like maybe you need to talk to a psychiatrist um, versus maybe your PCP about what your experience, like about your depression ask for a referral you know a lot of this a lot of the things with as far as the way we set up our systems around physical health i think that there's a lot more systems in place or a lot more things in place to get people to where they need to go when you are experiencing something physical something like you know and um and i mean that in the sense of like say like if you have diabetes if you have cancer if you have um a broken arm or broken like they 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 there's more direction whereas i feel as far as mental health is concerned it it relies on unfortunately a lot more on Mm self-advocacy and that's not to say like it's it's important to speak up for yourself but i also think that as far as just more access to resources and knowing where to go you know where to go if you break your arm you don't know where to begin sometimes if you're depressed you don't know who to talk to so we need to do better with letting people know how to get to the right people and the right places and, and all of those sorts of things but we are about to just go ahead and wrap up um this segment on depression is i think um as far as um last thoughts i'm thinking of how we talk about mental health in african-american community which i think can be a larger conversation because it doesn't stop at depression we want to make sure that we are you know thorough in our explanations of a lot of things and and mental health and african-american community i I feel as though there um is a lot of confusion there as well because um there's truth in the idea of simply praying things away but um everybody in african-american community is not christian you know like or like so how do there's also uh a lot of like cultural yeah like social stuff where people are like you know you'll get past it you'll get over it right and i think that we We all go through something we have to talk about 
how we got here, how how that happened. So so why don't we save that for our next episode sure. of just talking about mental health in the African American community in general, so that we can give that the attention it deserves. Right. Um, but as far as last thoughts about depression, I want to encourage anybody who's listening to this who has experienced depression as well that it gets better um in time it 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 does it does take some work when i tell you i fought to get well and this isn't my first time experiencing like i don't like i think this was the most intense depressive episode that i've had but i've also experienced suicidal ideation as far as um coming up with a plan in my opinion now it was a stupid plan but it was a plan nonetheless and this is coming from a black woman where you know like this is supposed to be something that we deal with that we we you know or we don't deal with rather mm-hmm. like black people don't be thinking of killing themselves um sometimes we do and um i want to let you know that you can survive and you and you will be all right we we will if you need to reach out to us hit us up on twitter or whatever and say hey i need help finding help because i'm depressed right now i'm thinking of i want to hurt myself who can i talk to please let us let us help you and if that's you know what it comes down to uh but it's going to get better it can get better it will get better you have to just continue to fight it's not easy all the time because there was some days where i'm just like you know fuck it but you can get better um my last words something that you possibly can do on your own mm-hmm. um be active mm-hmm. stay active um, as much as you, you know, may lose enjoyment in some some things, being physically active is known to counteract depression. Yes. And um, especially for those who, like, are in their heads and have negative thoughts, be proactive and be conscious about thinking positively and counteracting your negative thoughts. Mm-hmm. So those are my two yes. words of wisdom. Because I'll say exercise. I was out. Oh my gosh! Really? Just the natural, and and um, the endorphins. The endorphins, the natural endorphins. Like it just felt like a weight was lifting off of me with every jump and jack. So, uh-huh. so yeah. No, there's a lot of ways that you can Shoot. go about it. Then if you have insomnia, you're tired enough to go to sleep. Oh, yeah, way ass out. <laughs> so, yeah, y'all. Um, we hope that this was extremely informative for you and that we did this topic justice and if you would like us to continue this conversation on depression and anxiety because we didn't even really get to talk about anxiety no but we um we will do another beast yeah we'll do our best to make sure that we cover these things as thoroughly as possible with the time that we have but why don't we go ahead and take a break and we'll be right back Ta-ta. Ta-ta. So we are back with the air on. So if you hear something rumbling in the background, your girls was dying. So be it. It got toasty in this motherfucker. So we have I to make I sure. I might, might pass out. We have to survive. <laughs> you ever been in one of those old churches that didn't have an air AC? Yes. That's how I was feeling. 
Yes, it, and I found myself a makeshift um, church fan. It's a menu for the goods. Where is this? On uh, North Claiborne. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. this is um, partially black owned, I believe partially black on yeah no i needed a fan but yeah no we're back and we're going to hop into our social media segment um bring some cheer to the episode so uh first why don't we start off with sierra has a new album out yes and i haven't listened to it yet it just came out so i've been catching up with um called, ari lennox called beauty marks beauty marks mm-hmm. So that's I have to add that to my list because um, Ari Lennox came out with her album. Tank and the Bangers came out with their album. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that's a lot. Lizzo came out with her album. Like there is so much new music out right now. Yay! I love when that happens. So like, plenty, of li- plenty to listen to. I love shout that. out to them. Tank and the Bangers album is Green Balloons. Ari Lennox is Shea Butter Baby. Uh, Lizzo. Remind me of Lizzo's album. And this young lady who's on the cover of Green Balloons. I uh-huh. know her. Oh, cool. Cool. Yeah. So, but, yeah. um, yeah, no, you guys check out all that new music. But Sierra, I'm excited about Sierra's new music. Lizzo. I'm always, I'm, I always am rooting for Sierra because I feel like. Juice. Juice. No, that's not it. That's, that's the name of the, her no single. Because I love you. No, that's another single. Oh. Don't worry this about is, it. This is. <laughs> That's it? No, it is? Because I love you? you. Oh, okay. Well, Because I love you is the name of the album. I thought that's... Thank you very much. Because she has a song on there, Because I love you. She's a BBW. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no. um, So... Yes, Lizzo. I never heard of her. Oh, you're going to enjoy it. (laughs) But um, Sierra has always been an artist that I've liked. And I think that, you know, our generation's music like our folks and whatnot it's so easy to rag on them because they're not you know the most popular person in the world for a while sierra was just kind of like you know like nobody was really like wanting to listen to you know like that was her moment yeah that was i think that's when sierra peaked is Let when you that was promise no no that wasn't the same album so um look at karaoke mama but um she um damn when did what was the album that promise came i can't remember but this is much more mature this album i feel like sierra's been through so much she literally has had her love life play out bare in front of our eyes yeah. She's been through Bow Wow, apparently 50 Cent. Um, who else did she date? Uh, of course, she Future. Did 50 Cent? I think around that era of Can't Leave Him Alone, there was speculation that she was dating him. But, um, yeah. about that song. Oh, they play it at every black event. Literally, every black event that I go to, it's almost like a staple now that they have to play Can't Leave Him Alone because, like. So that's um that's um and her voice is not it it it's very breathy. Some, well, no, in this album there's less breath. Oh good. Well, shout out to Sierra for Beauty Marks. I feel like she is definitely um embarking upon a new journey musically that I think will see, you know, her come out with some really great hits and maybe hit her stride again. 
And um and I just want to like say Sierra. shout out to her man Russell for supporting her and backing her. Sierra like was on should. the View. Did you see uh, that that no. clip? Oh, when he sent in like they said we have a special video for you and it was Russell Wilson and her kids sending her mother's sake. Oh, she cried. She did. She cried and and she said God is good. Not I, God is yes God girl. is girl yes, because God turned that life completely around completely if and i'm i as a christian woman i have i believe i am a firm believer that there is power in the tongue and there is power in prayer and she said that that's what she prayed for was somebody who would love and respect her love her child and that's exactly like like god said she got can she had a a vision and god said hold my wine all right (laughs) like jesus jesus stepped in and was like you ain't seen nothing yet and so i could not be more excited to see a black woman being loved and appreciated and just adored in the way that she deserves sierra deserves and i wish i hope everybody like i wish that we can just rid the world of all the f-u-c-k niggas well, I'm not. I'm, I, I don't. I don't. Want, or rid them of their ways. Of their ways. Rid them of their ways. Rid them of their ways. Future today, but I think that he was not ready for her. He and, and, and yeah, I don't know who he's ready for. He's just not ready. He's just. He has a lot of growth. All I, right? I wish we didn't have to have those experiences to get to the man that's going to love us. But I feel like it is very um, crucial. It is. It is. Seems like to be a crucial part of the learning experience of defining oh, yeah. how you want to be loved and what you will no longer stand for. So I know for myself yeah. personally, like that, I have a like, good solid list. Of not only that, like what I want way, moving the forward. The way that life tends to happen, you tend to mm-hmm. run into certain people, and you tend to love them, and yeah, when you're in you love with it. them, and when you love them, you love them. Exactly, you, know? you so, love them down to their dirty drawers, and I mean, yep. it's hard to shake back once you know that kind of person you know the person that you love so much hurts you like that but it it happened for sierra it can happen for all of us it's happening for um for you oh well um, (laughs) yes um, um i'm happily in love oh she's so adorable um that's why she keeps singing and whatnot she's just filled with joy and then in the love of the me, law me this and is my overwhelming mans her. are having such a great time with one another just enjoying one another mm-hmm. and it's just a blissful experience i must say like bliss like just happiness you see you you went through your future phase so you can get to your russell okay so it ladies if you're going through your future phase don't worry. Hang in there. First of all, go through your future phase. Go through phase, your right? future phase. Go through it. <laughs> go through don't your get stuck phase. in that phase. Go through it. Mm-hmm. And then come out to, on the other side. Not, no matter how much you love somebody, you do not have to stick with them with with this shit. Because it's not for you. That's not your shit. You don't have to bear it. I'll leave it on this note. And I posted this on my Instagram. I said, um, real love will fill you up. Mm-hmm. Not drain you. Yep. Know the difference. Move accordingly. You said we wasn't gonna talk about Sierra this long. I know, but it happened. Along we go. Along we go. So next we have um, Kim Kim Kardashian. Okay. Um, has been um in the news lately for um well at least the headlines will say that she has quietly been freeing um 
I think it was like 17 inmates. Yes. Recently. Which is, which is false. That is not what has so been happening. So the wording of the headline is it, it, it plays it like Kim Kardashian herself has been going through the litigation process and has been the, um, you know, basically the one and only team for these individuals. And, you know, she's been at the forefront of getting them free. What's actually happening is that she is funding a, um, I think it's like a nonprofit. And forgive me for not knowing it. 90 Days of Freedom Campaign. 90 Days of Freedom Campaign, which is headed by two black attorneys. Yes, two black attorneys, Brittany K. Barnett and Me Angel, My Angel, Cody. Okay, and these two women, um, if you've read uh, Brittany, I think it was Brittany's statement on her Facebook, um, they left very high-paying jobs, six-figure jobs to go into this um, work. And so when we, because we talked about this before, we talked about, like, this is going to be our third time talking about Kim K and this, so uh, hopefully, you know, we wrap it up on this one. But, um... There are people doing this kind of freedom work round the clock who are making extreme sacrifices to make sure that they battle against this system that disproportionately locks up black and brown people. Right. So they they launched their 90 Days of Freedom campaign and then they started the Decarceration Collective and Buried Alive project. Yes. So they work round the clock to do this kind of work. And like we mentioned before, um, people have been doing this for for decades. Yeah. You know, like um, justice reform and prison reform kind of work. This isn't a new adventure that millennials have been taking on to try and challenge the system. No, people like Angela Davis and a lot of our um, black heroes, you know, like they've been really putting their words into action and trying to change the state of affairs that we are currently in. So Kim Kardashian, where she comes into this is that she has poured a significant amount of funds into the projects that we just um, mentioned and Mm -hmm. by her donation they were able to do the work in order to get these folks free however the headlines Mm -hmm. yeah like the headlines are framing it in in a way that it's like oh kim Kim kardashian quietly 17 inmates no it's it's and i think it's it's not honest another thing that's rubbing people the wrong way is that there may also be a reality show coming on the heels of this right and that was one of the things that we talked about in our last episode no i don't think we mentioned it because i know we talked about we talk like about a reality kim show. Is, we talked about her going to law school or, right or, or not going to law school but, but trying to study for the bar yes so and i come i commend like i'm not kim kardashian's fans by a long shot but i will always give credit where it's due and so i commend her for making you know that donation however it does seem also that in true kardashian jenner form that it has to have a camera following it and that's the and i was hoping that that's not where this was going right it just wouldn't be right it would it wouldn't be on brand if but but you know what I'm still going to give it some leeway. I'm still going to say, let's see where it goes because it could be like, say for example, just how she 
offered funds to assist with this particular project that mm-hmm. is very much needed for our our people who are honestly buried alive mm-hmm. um, in the criminal justice system. I'm hoping that she will be bringing to light these sorts of issues and getting her followers to rally behind this sort of stuff. Because if she's doing that, then we're talking about social change. And I'm all down for her using her platform for that reason. If she continues on the good path, then by all means, go forth and prosper, Kim. Just don't turn this into another raggedy-ass reality show. And I don't think that it would be in the same light that, a, a, you know, keeping up with the Kardashians would be. But, of course, I don't like the idea of making something so serious into something, like, as casual as a, you know, next time on 90 Days In. You know, like, it's just... It feels kind of icky and disingenuous. And so I, I hope that as... The two attorneys, Brittany and say her name one more time. Brittany and last name Cody. Co- okay, well, I, I, we want. I apologize. Me, Angela. Me, Angela. I, I hope that these two or women are. Um, they continue I to be get if the her work. Name wasn't Maya Angela. It might be. As in Maya Angela. It might be, but That's they're doing nice. incredible work. Yeah. So speaking N- about cameras, next on the docket is um, sleep really steve harvey really that's it, where we're going right now real quick with uh, after we finish talking about cameras all right come on <laughs> well no because this is we're gonna hit this one real quick don't listen to steve harvey go your ass to sleep thanks that's it that's all i got to say about that I, that's really all i have to say about because i i really don't understand why people feel the need to continue this idea that the less you sleep and the more you're kind of like grinding against the pavement the richer you'll become get your ass in the bed turn out the lights turn on your humidifier if you need it and get your rest please sleep deprivation is unhealthy you will not get it done any quicker any more proficient in, in any of those things if you are not getting a healthy amount of sleep. The research shows the more like the more well rested you, you are, the more the higher your brain functioning will be and the quicker you'll be able to actually do your work and have cog you know, good cognitive functioning. So that's one thing. And then the other thing is, um, the research has shown that uh poor sleep quality is more highly related to um those who are poor. And certain of certain ethnicities rather than what Steve is promoting. And then the research also shows that people genuinely are not sleeping like they should be because of like how our society is set up and because they don't know about good sleep hygiene. Yeah, no, like I, I, I hated that where he was just like, um, rich people don't sleep. And I'm like, yes, the fuck they do because they have somebody else doing all the work that you saying that they do. They have a stockbroker. They're not the ones sitting up at 6 a.m. watching the stock market. They pay somebody for that. So they can be asleep at 6 a.m. if you're not (laughs) sleeping, then baby, get you some. And then that's when, like, his his show recently got canceled. The last episode was going to air in June. And somebody said, ooh, Steve, finally get to go to sleep. Exactly. So, so then you go sleep. So, you get your rest and you'll still be rich. Thanks. Mm-hmm. He, st- he still has so many avenues as far as money is concerned. Like, his lines of income seem endless. Steve will be fine. And guess what Steve is doing? Laying in his goddamn bed. All right. So, the next thing um, is the Met Gala, which happened on Monday. Um, the theme was camp. If you're not which sure I did what... not understand. Camp is... First 
the best way I describe camp is when I think of camp, I think of drag queens. I've always thought, like, I've always associated camp with drag because they're almost kind of like synonymous to me. It's outrageous. It's an exaggeration. It's like, can be like glamorous, but really gaudy. It's like above the, above the, like over the top, but not so much so where it's like too much. So here's my question. Does camp have anything to do with summer camp? No. None at all. Nothing. It is not camp in the sense of tents and firewood. All right. That helps me out. Because I think that's what a lot of people Um, thought. Yes, because that's why everybody (laughs) was fucking confused. I'm like, okay, so where is this term? Like, okay, so I understand. Where are the Girl Scouts? Yes, but like, where did this term come from? I'm like, camp? Camp is a, uh, I think camp, I don't know, I can't say exactly when the term itself was coined. Like, out there? It's it's so I think what there was a brief history. Um, Vogue did a really quick video on it, which that was a, it was a really helpful video, but it did leave out a lot of people of color's um, contribution to the idea of camp. So shame on y'all for oh, that. But yeah. it was really helpful in understanding where camp originated, and it did kind of start with um, kind of like outrageous forms of dress, men dressing in feminine um, attire, and just like this really extra. Uh, sometimes i've seen like it was it's all of these things camp is what it is and it is what it's not it is a very kind of like hard to pin down kind of thing yet everybody understands what it is i see okay so some of your favorite looks do you have any yeah like all right so considering camp, because um, it feels like it's like it was a it's a very existential experience trying to figure out exactly what it is and what it's not. But I feel like as far as the people who came in and you know as far as the the outfits, I would say Janelle Monae nailed it. Lupita nailed it. Yeah, um, and then there was these two these two guys. I don't know if they consider themselves in drag, like, consider themselves to do drag or if they're queer or what have you. I don't know how they consider themselves, but one of them wrote that, I think wrote, wrote on the back of his jacket that camp was created by black people or something like or like That's camp, Lena Waithe. Can't, Lena Waithe? Yes. That <laughs> camp was created by black queers or something that like that. That was definitely. Like black drag? It was invented, yeah. That was, that is Lena Waithe. Lena Waithe is definitely a lesbian woman. Her fiance is absolutely gorgeous. And okay. I want them to live stream their wedding, but that's beside the point. So, so yeah, Lena Waithe. Um, gosh, I forgot the young man's name, but he played in um, Moonlight, and he I loved his look. A lot of people had, of course, let off their really corny jokes about he looked like a pilgrim and whatnot, but of course they didn't understand the theme. And I'm gonna be my little snooty elitist self for a second and be like, uh, tisk tisk. You don't even know what you're saying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um So who was your favorite look? My favorite look I think I'll, I'll give it to Janelle. I I loved Lady Gaga. I loved I Zendaya. I loved Cardi B. Like Cardi nailed it. A lot of people were not happy with Nikki because it was like Nikki has done camp her in, almost her entire career, and I think that when she started to tone it down was when that whole like her error in the pop like industry started to wane, and she yeah. wanted to get back into being more 
like strictly in the hip hop lane. And so then she, you know, started getting back into um Nikki kind of prior to the Haraj not cuz she's always been Harajuku Barbie, but at one point it was like she was literally walking down red carpets in full-on Harajuku outfits. Yeah. Her best interpretation of them anyway. Right. You know, and so, like, I mean, big green wigs, um, a pink chicken wing as a necklace. Like, it was, she she had, you know, she was doing a lot. And for her to come, you know, and was, not be out. It wasn't, yeah. But I think, too, that Nicki is also, because I, li- I liked I, I like Nicki Minaj. I haven't been the biggest fan over the past few years because, like, she her music hasn't really spoken to me that much and it's all the other crazy stuff that's been going on. But I feel like, for her, it was such a rough 2018 with everything that was going on that she figured that she would just fly under the radar and keep it cute and cool or whatever and call it a day. Because there was the chance that, say she went in theme, somebody would find something to say about it anyway, and then it would be another dragging Nikki session. Even yeah. though she was sticking to what it was that she was supposed to be doing for the Met. But she was like, um, kind of, I would say, throwing the uh, the designer under the bus. I can't remember the designer's name. But she um, was like, oh, well, this was his interpretation of camp, I guess. So, yeah. because I think when they it asked her about like it. A, like a, somebody said a bridesmaid dress. So it definitely looked like that. Or like prom. some sort of cotillion gown that was yeah. cut too short. So it was, I think when they asked her about it, she was like, well, this is, it wasn't even my idea. Like she, she can't seem to win. She hasn't been able to win for a lot, a hot minute, and so. Poor oh, baby. Nick, I wish you the best. I wish you the best. But as far as guys are concerned, I think the guys. Oh, oh, I would be doing an absolute disservice if I did not mention how Billy Porter walked up in there. Well, he would. He didn't walk. He was carried in. That is so Billy Porter came in there and he said, make way, an icon has arrived. (laughs) Like, oh my goodness, just my heart melted. Billy Porter won. Billy Porter and all of that gold being carried in by those six buff men just looking, just absolutely bedazzled and and like an Egyptian god. Like, it was just, I loved it. Loved it, it, loved it, loved it. And then spread those wings. Those wings, yes. And it was a (laughs) bodysuit. Oh, it was so beautiful. And there was a, there was a lot of guys who who actually um well no, there were a handful of guys I would say who came. They're like I I can't remember his name, but he was the guy who had like the three eyeballs painted on his face. Like it was really cool the the um makeup effect um that he had. There was another guy, a white dude who came Half, like half of the outfit was a gown the other half was a suit but the faces like were swapped as well so on mm-hmm. the feminine side he had a beard but on the masculine side he was done up in makeup like i mean some people went in there and they put in the effort and they yeah. did what they came to do yeah um, lady gaga and sierra had costumes oh sierra big frida was on the met gala red carpet yes. he walked the stairs show out for new orleans bitch we see you we see you when you tweet about big frida make sure you put two e's stop misspelling his name thank you good night <laughs> 
I feel like super overprotective of anything New Orleans related because I know that a lot of people love our stuff and a lot of people want to be a part of our stuff and I want y'all to respect our stuff. That's yeah. all I'm going to say. For real, for real. So, like, respect our and people, respect our artists. Sierra had to twerk for real. Because she always get down there. Or maybe cute. it's because she don't have a lot of butt. All right, I'll give it that. See, but I love Sierra. Them big old, like that big old fro, that beautiful green, just looking like she stepped out of the Emerald City. Gag. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, a lot of people have mixed feelings about um, Tiffany Haddish and the chicken wings. I personally thought that she was sticking within the camp realm i didn't think that it was like that egregious of a, a thing like you know um i mean i know of course we have a stereotype of black people love fried chicken and i mean i i too love fried chicken and i just I love was, fried chicken as well i'm just wondering like where would you have gotten fried chicken to bring it to the mitt and like, oh she why? said she cooked it okay. she said she cooked it herself and brought it. it was in a ziploc bag somebody was on twitter saying why is she handing people that sweaty ass chicken exactly <laughs> And it's just like there was nothing else. There was nothing else (laughs) snackable that you could have brought. She she was going. I think she probably her whole theme was probably um, black exploitation. And she yes, and she has on this pimp suit. Yeah, she her that thing. She she and she said that that she was going for like a okay, pimp well, theme. Okay, well if you say it like that, yeah, she if, was. If, you, if we're going for not even pimp theme, like if we're going for going, black exploitation, yeah, then all right, which is campy as fuck. <laughs> like it is then I give you that. such an exaggeration. It's, it's ridiculous. Like so, if you if you want to watch a campy ass movie about black exploitation, go watch Black Dynamite. Okay, that is the one of the funniest then movies. Because I, I was at first, I was upset seen. about the fried chicken, but then if we go in black exploitation and looking at her outfit, that's that's what it seems to be doing. Right. Then all right, fried chicken on. So, um, I think that was probably it as far as the Met. There was this one model who she came. I can't. I can't remember her name either. A lot of the, a lot of the, the white folks who walked up the carpet, I'm not familiar with. Um, oh, I'll say uh, just to bring up Kim briefly again. Kim, stop stop looking like enough of the looking like you just got out of the pool we get it we get it we get it we get it (laughs) that's exactly what this looks like enough of the body cons enough of the wet hair it's it's tired now like we get it you are pretty you have had like that's her best look your fucking ribs look like they've been removed in order to make your waist that small i'm sure she's wearing a corset but and we've talked about how cartoonish all of them look so that's not even it doesn't matter but but for this moment kim something else my only question is was um and, and, and kanye was up was, there wearing a 40 dollar um, dickies jacket wait was kylie's wig askew yeah no i think the, it was a side part oh that's a sad side part all right and on to the races <laughs> So, um, last but not least, mm-hmm. um, I'm sure you guys have had enough, but um, we'll give you more. Aisha Curry okay. and the Red Table Talk. Because if we talk about next week, it'll be too dead. So, why don't we go on and wrap it on up for the people? It's been a long week for Aisha, and I think that it's important to kind of touch on something that I, I kind of talked to. I actually talked to my brother about this. You did? Mm-hmm. What did he say? So, first and foremost, if you have not, which I'd be surprised if you haven't, Aisha Curry, as well as her mother-in-law and um, two of her sisters-in-law, um, 
they um they were all on the red table talk and they were talking about a couple of different things like their experiences with um, mental health was brought up um they were talking about their experiences of dating and being married to famous basketball players and how that's you know affected them individually as well as with family um the thing the two things that seemed to have gotten people riled up were Aisha's comments about her feelings on um the we'll call them groupies for lack of a better term and um also her feelings about being insecure about not getting um attention or um what it feels like not like not getting attention from from other guys or men and whatnot i wish i had the direct quote in front of me but um i will say that when i initially heard about this i thought and this is before i saw the clip i thought that she had ventured down pick me lane again mm-hmm. and um apparently there's more context so much more so much more give me a brief synopsis so what i interpreted from what she was saying which as i told my little brother i said it actually there wasn't that much room for interpretation of what she was saying i think people ran in the opposite direction because aisha has not had the best track record in in the the social media realm like particularly with women because after she made those comments about being covered up and all this kind of stuff and saving it for your man like the, the, the that whole bad tweet that whole thing that was like maybe four or five years ago or whatever that rub that shit rubbed me the wrong way i'm like get your goofy ass out of here like just stop that we we supposed to be trying to break away from all this patriarchal bullshit and here you go using your platform to try and uphold it like stop that so but i think that kind of put pe- like her on people's radar as you know she if she says something even slightly stupid she's gonna be like picked apart automatically but okay. in this case she didn't say anything crazy she didn't say anything off she had a very open moment where she expressed that you know it's an insecurity to you know she's she's a mother of three she's been uh-huh. married and she's been in a relationship with this dude since she's been 15 oh shit and uh-huh. so like her whole life has revolved around being a a partner being a parent you know like this has been her this whole thing has been her life she hasn't ventured out much it seems and that's no fault of her own like it's just that's the way her life went and so, like, to see, receive male attention, to kind of see all these, you know, chicks kind of hounding your husband and all that kind of stuff, that makes you uncomfortable, first and foremost. But then to also be like, you know, I still want to know that I got it. Like, I I took it as, and what I heard, what I think she was trying to say, which it seems like, yes, this was it. I just want to know that I still got the juice. Hmm. I still want to know that, like, I, I got How the juice. How can you know if you still got the juice if you've always been with the same man since 15 i think that it's it's, what juice did you have at 15 you ain't had no juice so it's not like she probably early on because we don't know about them before steph took off like a rocket you know like we don't know about when they were dating each other we don't know the whole story like before they got married or in the earliest moments of their marriage Mm -hmm. but you know she's a pretty woman and she you know at some point at just kind of getting into this tunnel vision of just being a 
parent and whatnot, like you forget about yourself. You forget about just being like, I think that this is just me and I'm not, I'm not putting words into her mouth, but I would say that I took that as, you know, if, if, if all your life is revolved around tending to others and being this other person and all, like when you get a moment to just be you and sit with you and just think about that and stuff like that, it's just like, well, damn, um, am I like, I, do I, I want to feel like sexy. I want to feel something other than mom or hmm. wife, <laughs> yeah. you know, but there's no one knocking down my door to remind me of who I am outside of just being mom or wife. You want, and, and I mean, again, like your body changes after you have children, you get thing, you know, you get older. I think she needs to go out with her girlfriends more. That could be it. It could be it. Like, I don't even think it's like, if that's it, you know what I'm saying? If it's not anything deeper, like deeper in the sense of, mm-hmm. you know, my man has a career and that is a part what makes him attractive, um, then... I would say she just needs to go out. Like, I don't get it. I mean, like, my thing was that people were taking it as though Steph was not giving her any attention. She never said at any point that she was not being loved and adored. I didn't hear it either. Yeah. I was like, where where did y'all get that part from? Because she seems to be very loved and cherished and adored. Steph probably tan it down every chance he get you know like the thing is like people people get attention from a lot of different places there's different forms of attention and it's not always sexual like let's get that clear right this man is a professional nba player so of course he women throw themselves at him Mm -hmm. but he also has accolades out this world you know for his success as a ball player Mm -hmm. so that's that's so much attention not only that he has a wife and a family right like he gets all kinds of attention from every angle all kinds and so i think that she might just need a little bit more uh, she might need to go do something with herself yeah with herself keep Mm keyword herself and she probably does get her time away like but i think that there's probably a little bit more need for some more soul searching yeah go do something yeah and I, I hope that she gets it. And I know that... I don't that, know what she needs to do. Start a foundation. I don't know what she needs to do. Because, I mean, like, that insecurity is not one that we all haven't felt. Like, I'll say, um, after... Like, for any... Alright, so I got out of a relationship in 2017. And I probably didn't start really considering... Like, consider, like, guys and stuff like that until maybe... I don't know. Like, within the past couple months or so i became interested in dating again yeah and so like um the game looked a little different (laughs) when i started when i was when i started with my ex or whatever like that like it was like guys were still coming up to you and talking to you and getting your number at parties and blah 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 and then i was out the game for like about six years and then i come back into it and it's like nobody talks to me and I'm just like, have I lost the juice? I was like, it's crazy. Do I not have the juice? I had, I had some juice. I had the juice. I had like something was popping. I was, bitch, I was You're cute. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and so to but think, it's all about like getting back into it. It's a process. Yeah, and so I was like, you know, Aisha, like, I'm. It's a different situation, but of I feel she like won't I be can back into the game. I can but relate. She go and. You know, like do her, do her. Cause I, I feel like that's what it is that she was mentioning is that it's just like you know that kind of it's just a I I want to know that I have the. 
Okay, so for the second episode in a row, someone mm-hmm. has called in the middle of us trying to um, record. Even though my phone is on, do not disturb. I'm just going to have to send out a mass text to people and be like, please do not call text me. me at this moment or call. Just leave me alone. I'm trying to record. But anyway, what I was saying is that, um, yeah, I just want to know that you still have the juice. I think that that was all in all, all it was. And I think that people um, did the thing that uh, unfortunately happens a lot of times when there's a negative opinion or a misinterpretation that uh, starts to to catch fire. Um, People pile on. And I don't know how many people actually watch the whole thing in its entirety. Like, I think that if you have not watched the whole Table Talk in its entirety, it would be prudent to do so before formulating an entire opinion on this woman based on a 30-second clip. Mm-hmm. Be fair. Be fair. But Aisha Curry, Steph Curry, then came up and was like, yo, I am proud of her for, you know, being honest and being true to herself. I agree. Um, we need to continue allowing black women to be vulnerable. And while you may not agree with some of Aisha's stances on things, who knows? Maybe she's grown since she made that comment. It has been about four years. So, um, but I I think that we need to continue to allow people to have space to be like, yeah, this is something that I'm feeling, this insecurity. Because it don't have nothing to do with her husband not loving her. It has nothing to do with the fact that she has a rich husband. She ain't mentioned none of that. Y'all projected that onto her. She just says that she felt insecure because she doesn't receive that kind of attention. And she also is not a fan of people throwing themselves at her husband. Right. Which is totally fine. Because I, too, don't like a waiting in the wings ass bitch. You know, like, it's, 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 it's tacky. So, hey, you know, I just, I think that we gave Alicia, uh, Aisha, who's Alicia? <laughs> I think Girl. we we gave Aisha too, too much. And we on, did absolutely too much. And on that note. And on that note, I think this was a very long episode, but that's okay though, because it was, I feel like it was a good episode. So any last words, Duff? Nope. I wanted to... I felt like we had so much to talk. In fact, we might... I want to revisit the Aisha thing because I feel like there's a lot in there, but we didn't have enough time to talk about it. Maybe I should watch it. So, yeah. Watch it in its entirety and let's revisit some of this next week. All right. And um, we are going to go ahead and enjoy the rest of our hot-ass Saturdays. Saturdays. It's one Saturday. But, um... Let's see. What can I tell you guys? Um, Make sure you are washing your legs. Your legs? The people on Twitter, on the other side of black Twitter, are asking each other, do you wash your legs? And there has been a resounding no from a very large chunk of the respondents. So I am here to encourage you to wash your legs. You don't wash your legs. Some of the people, some of some of majority of whom were were the whites. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. A lot, a lot of a lot. 
I'm trying to tread lightly here, but like, no, a lot of the white respondents who respond, and there was a white guy who asked it, who asked, do y'all wash y'all legs? And the people was like, wash your legs. And then one girl said, put lotion on your legs. I only do that when it's time, like sexy time. And of course, black Twitter has been in, you know, running, <laughs> running around with that because said, I don't wash my legs. What? Wash Why? your legs. Your legs you are, in the tub. are a part of your body. You wash everything but your legs. You can get 30. You can give 30 seconds to each leg, sis, brother. Get between right. your toes, please. <laughs> Please, for the love of God, wash your entire body with soap. <laughs> Please. Ladies, be careful around your coochies, but still, clean that shit. Okay? Thank you. Bye, y'all. <laughs> Bye. We Josen. We are Josen. My goodness.